broader. Game. Inclusive. United. Real. Footy. Tackling. The issues. Behind the game. The broader. Game. Yeah, there you go, ladies and gentlemen. We are back with another episode of The Broader Game, the podcast of professionalnrl.com unprofessionals. Alicia, so good to have you back. No, thank you for having me back, Katie. After, oh. after the last podcast, I got brushed early on. so You no, did not good. get brushed. I, I offered my services to step down for the first 20 minutes, bring Chucky in. It was good, though. I really enjoyed last podcast. Yeah. We used you as utility yeah. rather than starting off. Come off the bench. Yeah. And boy, don't you add some impact. Am I right? Am I right? Thanks, mate. Now, this week, Women in League Round. Mm. So for our listeners who don't know what that is, it's an official NRL round that we have every year um, to recognise and I guess celebrate women in our game. So the executives to the canteen ladies, the ones yeah. who help with local grassroots rugby league. So I think it's really important and I love that the NRL does it. And for that reason, we're keeping it about women in league and we have a very special guest joining us very shortly. Thoughts on that, Alicia? Just quickly, where do you rank? Because there's a lot of rumours going around that, you know, you are the face of the game. So oh! where, where, do you, where do you rank up there? Like, how, how far are we talking? That is the biggest load of bull I've heard out of your mouth in a real long time. Oh. Uh, I'm down there with you, with the journos, because we're part of that too. Did someone G you up to say that? No, no, no. Oh, you're such just, a G up. Just a, my own brain ticking. <laughs> just ticking. But no, it's a great round. And as you said, it, it acknowledges literally everyone in the game um, from grassroots level right right through the top to Katie Brown. I'm off you. <laughs> I am off you. I'll, I'll, be careful. I'll take a point off you and guess who. For everybody wondering, by the way, I still lead the way. I'm on three points. Alicia is on 2.5. I'm coming back. But you do get to test me today. That one is coming up. We've also got fanfare and on this day and, of course, um, our hot take of the fortnight. But let's get into our hero segment. All right, well, it's Women in League Round and we need to introduce none other than the NRLW Broncos CEO, Tane Drinkwater. Thanks for coming on the Broader Game. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. Uh, I think it's a great opportunity for us to now start talking about the uh, 2019 uh, NRL Women's Competition. There is so much to talk to you about. What is your role with the Broncos, Tane? And I guess, how did you get into your position? Okay, um, so I guess, you know, I'm certainly very privileged to, to hold the role at the at the Broncos uh, for the women's team. Um, you know, my role is really uh, quite quite new and obviously uh, none of the other clubs at this stage have appointed um, a CEO's role. Uh, but it was really around um, having some real strategic focus on, on how we grow the game and how we make sure the game, particularly for the Broncos, is, is developed and implemented in a sustainable way. Um, so I guess, you know, what I'm focused on is really um, in a day-to-day sense, making sure we've got the right coaching and support structures in place to make sure that the team performs. And from my perspective, that's about not only having the right coaching staff from a technical capability, but really making sure that we've got the right people um, involved in and around the team and the club that are the right fit for the club. So what we're trying to develop um, from a longer-term strategic perspective for the Broncos. Um, So I've done a lot of work around um, developing some commercial partnerships to to obviously fund the team in a sustainable way. Um, spent a lot of time working to um, recruit players with the head coach and, and obviously manage our salary cap compliance. Um, and more recently, um, 
really enthusiastically participating with the NRL in how we create opportunities and provide pathways um, you know, to women to grow the game um, from a long-term perspective. Yeah, fantastic. I know that you, you're definitely doing a lot because you do have that trial match with PNG, which we'll get into a little later. But um, how did you get into your position as the NRLW CEO for the Broncos? Was being in an executive role always something that you'd strive for growing up or...? Yeah, absolutely. Um, as I said, I grew up in New- I actually grew up in Newcastle uh, with my mum and dad and, and my three very competitive sisters. Um, so, you know, we were very much um, raised to believe in ourselves around, um, you know, we could always do what we wanted to do as long as we worked hard to achieve it. So in, in our family, it was certainly no, um, you couldn't do something because you're a female. It was, if you think you're capable of doing it, go out, go out and give it a crack. Um, and we'll support you. So essentially, I spent um, 20 years in coal mining. Um, so I worked in small mining towns across New South Wales and, and central Queensland, um, which was a fantastic time in my life. I learned how to play golf. Um, I spent a lot of time in local communities around Middlemount, Mowra, Biloela. Um, and, and whilst it, you know, it was certainly hard to be away from my family, and I still am, um, you know, it's really about taking the most of opportunities that were presented to me. So I, you know, started in mining. I worked my way up um, to an executive level in mining. So I did sort of kind of 10 to 12 years at an executive level across different mine sites. Um, and then moved back to Brisbane, um, had a couple of children. So I've got two, two young sons. Um, and they made a bit of a decision. I didn't want to do mining anymore. I thought there was there was more out there. So I, I literally just started researching organisations that I thought I might want to work for um, and was really looking at organisations that were part of a growth industry that were aligned to my values and my culture and I guess, you know, were aligned to the interests that I had. Um, and so quite literally, I thought, I don't want to do mining anymore. What other industries are out there? I came up with sport and I did a lot of research around sporting organisations um, and, and researched the Broncos pretty specifically. Um, and fortunately, I knew the CEO of, of the Broncos. So I one day out of the blue, I called him up and thought, I'm not going to die wondering. Um, asked him if he needed someone like me. Uh, and he said, well, I can't afford you. Uh, and I said, that's okay. I'm making, you know, I'm making a decision based on, um, you know, based on what, I, what, what I'm really passionate about. So I met with the chairman, um, Katie Bickford, who's one of our directors, um, and they created a role for me. So they created a role for me um, as a general manager of HR risk and compliance. So I did um, about 12 months in that role, um, really focused on... Um, uh, transitioning to our new um, project managing, the new Clive Berghofer Centre that we're now in and then transitioning to, to that um, facility. And then Paul spoke to me about the opportunity to take up the role of CEO and um, from my own career planning and my own, um, you know, expertise area, I thought it was a great opportunity to really um, get my teeth into something that was, I thought, going to change the landscape of sport, sports for women um, you know, for, for 10, 20 years to come. Um, and also, you know, broaden my exposure around, you know, how to commercialise um, operations, how to build um, build something from, from scratch. So uh, when he offered it to me, I 
certainly did not take a backward step. I said I'd absolutely love to, to be able to have that opportunity. I love, wow. I love the balance there. Now, now <laughs> Tane, we saw, saw a lot of success at the Broncos last year. Obviously, you know, won the premiership. Um, but, but since then, there's been a lot of change. Uh, players, some players have left. Uh, coach has gone. You know, a lot of fresh talent coming in. Like, what sort of challenges did you learn from last year and rewards, I guess? And, um, yeah, what, what was your reasoning behind the change? Okay. I think uh, I like to start on the positive. So what, what were the rewards? Um, you know, it was the first first season last season and I don't think, um, I don't think anybody anticipated uh, how much work it was going to be to get, you know, the competition um, off the ground. So, you know, aside from, um, you know, having a, a very close relationship with the head coach and how we recruited the players mm. um, and, and we were really specific around the type of player we wanted within the club last year and it was again aligned to not only being the best player on the park but were they a cultural fit for the organisation. You know, we developed um, a team and Paul and, and, and the coaching staff brought together an amazing group of women who were just um, absolutely committed to coming together as a team. I've never seen a group of women work so cohesively and closely. Um, everybody was there to support each other um, and they were all really focused on the legacy that they were going to leave and just turning up every every week, every day to training, 100% ready to play. Uh, I just had never seen that before. So that sort of kind of blew my mind. Mm. Um, but but more importantly for me, I got to meet and know players, their families. Um, I saw how hard they worked. I saw how many sacrifices they had to make. Um, and, and obviously winning the premiership was certainly the icing of the, on the cake. But it was just about that whole journey of, you know, we had a 12 to 14 week period of how do you get, you know, 25 people together um, all aligned, all working on behalf of the same purpose. And, you know, to see that come to fruition was really, you know, I, I was super proud and, and you'll see me on some of the video where I'm crying. And, um, you know, it was really quite emotional. So for me, that was rewarding. Um, also really, um, I guess, from a more personal perspective, you know, never in my wildest dreams did I ever think I would start um, engaging with organisations who were talking about um, creating awareness and change for women, you know, on an international scale. Mm. We had a we've got a commercial partnership with um, Oil Search, and so last year we, we did a lot of work with Oil Search and PNG RFL to to really champion um, for female empowerment in PNG. Mm. Um, I've spent a lot of time over there. Uh, end of last year and, and early this year. Um, and so I'm, I'm making change or, or I'm able to lend a voice or the Broncos brand and the Broncos voice and use rugby league as a tool to create real change um, for females in PNG. Something that I, you know, it's broader than footy. It's really about um, giving back to society, giving back to communities. Um, and so personally, I go, how did I get to be in this fortunate position of making this change and using our, you know, being able to use my position to, um, you know, to advocate for women in a really uh, public sense? So that's something that's really, that I'm really proud of. Mm. Um, Challenge-wise, uh, certainly um, how you balance, uh, you know, work, family, training and playing commitments for the women um, you know, having to sort of kind of advocate for them and work with employers to, to get them released. And I can hands down say that, um, you know, the ADF, um, TEETH, 
a number of employers were just so um, so welcoming and so giving of their employees, you know, to give them to us for that period of time. So, you know, that's that needs to be called out. It was it's a huge time commitment for for the employees to release them. Um, but in saying that, it's also a commitment from the players about how you actually manage, you know, training times, how you manage travel, um, how you sort of kind of get across um, the differing uh, athletic and physical abilities of the players. So, you know, how do you recruit talent in a really small elite talent pool? Um, and, and I guess then how do you manage those injuries? We sort of kind of had had players at the back end of the season. They'd done, potentially they'd done nearly um, 18 months of, of work. You know, they'd done Jillaroos and they went into, um, you know, pre-season for their local clubs mm. and they had state of origin and then they had Jillaroos obligations. Then they came to play with us in the NRL women's competition. So seriously, at the end of the season, you know, some of these women were just, they were playing with all heart, you know, mm. they were broken and bruised and battered and, and so it was about how do we sort of kind of work with players to try and, one, manage their injuries but build their capacity so we're not in the same, you know, same position next year. Mm. And so what what are you doing a bit differently, Tane? Because I know that um, there's a, a whole roster change and there's a whole sort of coaching staff change as well. Yeah, there is. Um, it, <laughs> um, look, it, it was certainly... Um, a, a huge change for us this year. You know, the coaches that we had last year, Paul and, and the coaching staff, did an absolutely amazing job. Um, just their involvement with the team, their commitment to the team. Um, but they've also got substantive roles in other areas of the business. You know, they travel a lot in our game development space. Yeah. Um, we, you know, we go out to um, and and interact with it with up to 50,000 kids every year. Uh, in that game development space alone. So, you know, Michael Hancock, um, you know, Paul Dyer, those guys are really out there, you know, growing a lot of the grassroots participation. So I think, um, yeah, look, I think they would have loved to have gone around again, but given the commitment that they had last year, um, you know, and some of their family circumstances have changed, some of them have got new babies. Um, it was really around could they commit that time again, and I just... They, they felt they didn't have that that um, capability. So, um, you know, with that, I sort of, I have the view that, um, you know, with change creates opportunity. Um, and we've now got um, Kelvin Wright, you know, who will be our head coach. Mm-hmm. And Kelvin's, you know, a proven, um, you know, head coach material. Um, he's got a great style about him. Um, we've been able to make some fairly substantive changes to the coaching staff. So, uh, in 2019, um, over 50, 50% of our coaching staff will be women. Nice. So um, I'm really pleased that I've been able to make some changes to really um, focus on the female athlete and get, you know, the right skills and capabilities in place to, to promote that. So we've got um, a sports scientist in place now um, and, and she's really focused on... Um, looking at the female uh, physiologically and and what programs do we need to have in place um, to manage you know injuries um, and what what programs we have in place to to manage the whole athlete um, so that's something that we're doing quite different this year um, with particular focus on you know managing um, just the f- different female physiologically you know of, of the athlete cool What's it, what's it like, Tane, obviously, to be, to be a woman in rugby league? I mean, Katie and myself have got 
my our own views, but um, and I guess your overall thoughts on on women in league round coming up. Yeah, I think um, being in a role like this, um, I I'll be honest. I I think twenty years in mining set me up very well mm. um, to work in such uh, a male dominated sport. Um, the challenge is that there are certainly still people out there who believe there isn't a place for women in rugby league. Um, but I guess I'm heartened by the fact that the broader community is telling us there's an appetite for change. Um, you know, the amount of coverage that women are getting um, in cricket, in AFLW, in tennis, um, in all codes um, is, is really heartening. So for me, um, you know, I have the view that I've never taken a backward step in thinking that I couldn't do something because I'm a woman. So I feel like I'm in a, a very fortunate place where I can really um, advocate for women in a really public way. Um, in mining, you know, I there were so many times that I was um, the only female on executive teams and I had to be very covert about how I brought women along. Mm. Um, now there's an opportunity, you know, for yourself, for myself, for any women, uh, woman, sorry, in, in public-facing roles or with platforms um, that we can actually stand up and, and be part of that change and use our roles in a really positive way. And I guess that's what I see my role as being. Yeah, yeah, I I love that, and I love that you do use that platform on in a positive way. Uh, you talk about your connection with the mining um, history as well, and talk to us a bit about what's coming up uh, for the women in their trial match, thanks to that. I guess your um, partnership with Oil Search in PNG. Yeah, okay. Um, so, very exciting. The team start pre-season on Monday and we'll go into our team camp next weekend, so next Thursday, Friday. Um, we've been working with PNG RFL and Oil Search and also the Australian Government um, under the Sports Linkage Program um, to bring to life a bit of a concept of a game day and community event actually over in PNG this year. So you may remember we bought the orchids over last year or Oil Search bought the orchids over last year and we had a fantastic um, trial match, you know, as part of Sam Thiday's retirement. Um, and fortunately, we were, you know, we were uh, the victors on that on that game. But we're going to be playing our trial match over in PNG this year. Um, I was really passionate about giving something back to the PNG community, um, and so PNG RFL and the Australian government have really got behind that. Um, so we're going to go over there. Uh, we're going to host a bit of a um, development and community events clinic. We're going to be playing our trial match against the Orchids. Um, we're going to be taking the Broncos legends across who will play as the curtain raiser to the women's match. So they're going to play the um, P&G Kumuls legends. Um, so we're really making, a, I guess, a bit of a festival out of it, a, bit, a really great um, story um, to give back to the P&G community and, and, um, and also give us a troll. And, you know, let it be said that, you know, the P&G Orchids have spent a lot of time together over the last sort of kind of six months um, with some of their um, international campaigns. So, you know, it, it will be a tough game for us. Um, but in saying that, you know, I'm excited and, and um, it's coming around sooner rather than later. I guess it's pretty good too because uh, the PM's 13's been moved to Fiji, so PNG are probably going to miss out a little bit towards the end of this year as well. So it's good that yeah. you guys are getting up there. 
Yeah, absolutely. And and we want to spend time, you know, in, in P&G. Um, you know, the Broncos are, are, have a huge fan base up in, in Papua New Guinea. Um, and so any time we sort of kind of go up there, we always have an opportunity to get our foot in the door to talk about, not only talk about rugby league, but to talk about, um, you know, young men, young women, how we champion for change. Um, and by taking the legends and the women's team up there this year, um, you know, we'll be at the coalface. We'll be there, you know, but actively engaged with, with our members and, and people within the community. I love it, Tane. Thank you so much for coming on the Broader Game. It gives us really good insight. And I, the biggest thing we need to say is obviously good luck because there's a real chance here that the Brisbane Broncos NRLW side could go back to back. Well, I, I certainly hope so. I'm not counting my chickens and we've, we've got a lot of work to do. But, um, yeah, look, I'm really confident in the team and... and I'm really looking forward to, to how all the teams come together and what the competition looks like this year. It's, it, it, there is certainly um, definitely talent equalisation across all the teams. Oh, yeah. It would be even bigger and better. Speaking yeah. of which, I think we're Katie and I are heading up in a couple of weeks for a bit of content with the Broncos girls, so looking forward to it. If we're allowed yeah. up there, we're allowed up there, Tane. <laughs> you are most definitely allowed up there. Uh, come up anytime, both of you. Uh, I'll let them all know that. That sounds good. Uh, yeah. Thank, thank you, so, you so, much. so much. We appreciate it. Have a great week and, um, yeah, enjoy celebrating being one of the great women in our game. Thanks. Thanks for the opportunity. Thanks, Tane. Mm-hmm. All right, Katie, on this day, August 15, I've got a cracker. You ready what for it? What year is it? It's 111 years ago, 1908. What, what were you doing then? Uh, I don't think I was even a twinkle little star in the sky. Your family tree was <laughs> right at the bottom. <laughs> the first Kangaroos, a team of 34 players and manager, Jim Gilton, and sailed for England aboard the SS Macedonia. The tourists would endure five months of ice, rain and severe economic hardships as well as a gruelling 46-match program whilst what? over there. Did all 34 of them survive? <laughs> I don't know. I'd assume so. Maybe they took 34 over so they knew they'd at least have 17. Five months of ice <laughs> sailing across to England and 46 matches. We don't even get 46 matches in a regular season. 46? I wonder if they played full 80 minutes though. Oh, they'd have to, wouldn't they? Wow. Wow. Oh, no, they might not. Things have changed. Economic hardships, you can imagine it. would have been... I mean, go and represent your country for sure, but then here are the cons that go with it. On a ship too. Yeah. Could you imagine the Australian kangaroos going on a ship over to do their, uh, their tour over in the UK? I could not. Well, now they just <laughs> get on a 24-hour flight and they're there and... All the luxury that they have, first class. When I went on the UK tour last year, the Kiwi boys were on my flight, I think, one of the legs home, and and they were up in first class, and I was just, you know, down in economy. Oh, whatever, um, you were up there with them. (laughs) I wasn't. Yeah, you were. They get to sleep, you know. Alicia, guess what time it is? Fanfare! (laughs) So, this is for all of our listeners who have a question they really want to ask Alicia or myself about anything rugby league or sport-based, just uh, at us, at The Broader Game on Instagram or hashtag All Abroad on Twitter or Instagram and we'll get back to you. This week, uh, women related for Women in League Round, Jessie G has said, who's a female you admire in the rugby league world, Alicia? Um, admire, I went, like, growing up, I really liked uh, Lara Pitt growing mm-hmm. up. 
watching her. She was kind of the first person on Fox Sports that I um, that I really admired. Um, and yeah, I think I met her maybe five or six years ago. Got a photo with her. Totally fangirled out. And um, yeah, since then and since I've um, been able to have a couple of chats with her, she's been really helpful. So I reckon Lara's still she's still doing a really good job too. Still your girl. It's interesting. Mine's another Fox girl. Mine's uh, Vonnie Sampson. I, when I first got into journalism, I just thought she was the bee's knees and I watched her all the time and I still do. And I think, um, I think both Lara and Vonnie um, sort of sell, the, sell off other women really well. Like mm-hmm. They show that they know their footy, um, they're very good role models to take after, I think. Well, Vonnie did a, uh, the Penrith presentation uh, night last week, uh, last week, sorry, last year, and she smashed it. She turned up about 15 minutes before it even started, didn't have any prep and just went into it like a pro and just knew all her stuff. And it was just like, wow, who is this person? Like, <laughs> she's just, yeah, she's True a professional, pro. yeah. All right, great. Um, the last one is Jay Squelch. Who, um, how will Justin Holbrook go with coaching the Titans next season? Yeah, I was having a chat to some Roosters players about him the other day and they, they couldn't speak any highly enough, but I feel like we've we've heard this before and like, I want him to, re- to do really, really well for the Titans' sake. I know we've spoken about the last couple of uh, pod- podcasts about the Titans. Um, but, yeah, like it's – they need a clean-out, obviously. I do think they do. Um, and – yeah, I mean, he's, he's got runs on the board over in Super League, but whether he can convert it to the NRL, we'll have to wait and see. Yeah, I um, I really hope he does do great things, but it's almost to that point with Titans fans that you're just over it. Mm. When is there going to be change? Alexa, I know you can relate. You got the wooden spoon three times with Newcastle Knights. But I will say this. We couldn't get Wayne Bennett. I say we because I have a soft spot for the Titans. Couldn't get anybody like Craig Bellamy. You couldn't get Trent Robinson. So the closest thing would be somebody who worked underneath them and side by side with them, which Justin Holbrook did before he went to St. Helens and is now at the top of the table with that team. So that's promising. But also they did this with Garth Brennan and he had no um, NRL experience either. And there must be something about coaching in the NRL which is different. And I know Super League's a step up from Intrust Super Cup that Garth coached, but it'll be interesting to see if it transitions into the NRL. But the Titans don't have time to trial and error that. Yeah, I feel like when the Newca- when Newcastle were, were really down in the dumps, Nathan Brown was very open and, and optimistic and give us give Knights fans like a really big vision of where we were going. And, you know, he said there's going to be a lot of downs. And I feel like Justin Holbrook's come out straight away since he's been coach and he's he said... Um, you know what what the challenges are, and he he hasn't really sold people. I feel like under Garth when he first started it was yeah I'm going to bring back locals and I'm going to do it this way, but then he you know he lost a couple of of locals to other other clubs and it just didn't just didn't seem right. It's kind of like he, you just didn't get what you were being sold. Mm. All right, it's time for guess who. If yeah. you are tuning in for the first time. This is where Alicia tests me and I test her on different player audio in the NRL. It doesn't have to be a player, actually. I What's have tested the score? you the CEO. The score is three, Katie. 2.5, Alicia. Nice. Alicia is making a pretty hot comeback. Uh, it is my turn to listen to Alicia's audio this week and I am very nervous. Let's play I don't it. like it. Let's play it. I like to think of it that I'm um, accepting it on behalf of... All those women. 
back in that time especially who you know contributed so much to the game who put up with so much oh she looks so confused it's so good see her like this see what it feels like oh that voice obviously women in league round i had to go for a woman any hints for a nikki and uh is that on our website yet Nikki, anything? Producer, Nikki. Nah, she's out. Come on, you got five seconds. <laughs> Damn it. Oh, this sucks. I'm not in the mood for this today. <laughs> you can do it, Katie. It's not Amelia Cook. Is that your final answer? Nah. <laughs> uh... This is actually a pretty hard one, I'm not going to lie. Katie, do you want to listen to it again? Yeah, yeah give it please. to her again. I like to think of it that I'm um, accepting it on behalf of all those women. Back in that time especially who you know, contributed so much to the game, who put up with so much. No. You out? I've got no idea. Yes, yes. Uh, it is Veronica White. Oh, so please. Ken's, oh, my gosh. It's the equivalent to the Ken Stephen medal. Veronica was, was named um, last month. And Sam Squires did a lovely feature story with her. And did you not watch that feature story? That's your own fault. That is my own fault. But, yeah, so congratulations to her. And the Ken Stephen medal um, and Veronica White medal nominees are coming through, so you can vote on NRL.com. I'm off you. Does that mean I get a point or does she just stay on three? Because this is amazing. That I means that I just don't get a point. If anyone got that out there, well done, because that's pretty tricky. Veronica, sorry, I haven't watched your feature. To wrap things up, let's get to our hot take of the fortnight. All right? Let's do it. Dally M medalist. Your predictions, Katie. Oh. Now, let me just <laughs> let people know Dally M medal, obviously, is for, for player of the year. Uh, Mitchell Pearce was leading after round 12, so got 13 more rounds of points. Um, and Origin, I believe, as well, you can also earn points. So, yeah, Pearce hasn't really been playing too well, so could be somebody else. Is it crazy for me to go with Daly Cherry Evans? Not at all. I'm doing it. Done. Sold. Lock it in, Eddie. He had a pretty uh, slow start. He was on seven points, so he's eight off. He's in it. He's in it. He's certainly in the mix. Oh, Tom Travojevic. Mm, yeah, he he was quite injured. Oh, Jake. The, he was injured at the start of the year. Yeah, but so was Daly. So he's sticking with Manly. Someone from Manly. I think so. I'm going to go with Tedesco. Oh, damn it, yeah. So he was on 12 points, so equal third. And mm. obviously he had a couple of weeks off of being rested, but his form has just been unreal since, so... Um, other guys, Cameron Munster, Damien Cook, Tamalolo, Cameron Smith as well. He's up there. Mitchell Moses. They've all had pretty good years. They have. They have. All right. So you're going for James Tedesco. I'm going for Daly Cherubins. May the best person win. Whoever wins highest. Whoever finishes highest. Yeah. Shouts. Okay. Shouts. What? What are you going to shout me? Uh, well, I know that you love a Southern Comfort and Coke, so go. I'll buy you a bottle. And what are you buying me? What do I love? Um... Water. <laughs> I thought you were going to say something worse then. <laughs> uh, uh, but uh, you can buy me. You can buy me dinner. Oh, 
Yeah. It's very forward. <laughs> oh, dear, that is us. It's been a long day. Thank you, Alicia. And thank you for everybody listening to The Broader Game. Make sure you add us at The Broader Game. Newt 91 on Twitter. I'm Katie Brown Oz on Twitter or Instagram. We'll see you in a fortnight. Have a good one. Enjoy Women in League Round. Bye. Yo.